The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? How long before a wedding should I send out save the dates? Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find the Welcome back to Content Optimization Week on the Voices of Search podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and this week we're going to publish an episode every day covering what you need to know to optimize every stage of your content marketing funnel. Joining us for Content Optimization Week is Marlon Glover, who is the Content Services Team Lead here at Searchmetrics. Marlon is responsible for shepherding Searchmetrics' largest and most strategic clients to content marketing success. And today we're going to discuss optimizing your post-sale customer retention content. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings. And AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Okay. Here's the fourth installment of Content Optimization Week with Marlon Glover, Searchmetrics' content services team lead. Marlon, welcome back to Content Optimization Week on the Voices of Search podcast. Hey, Ben. Good to talk to you again. It's great to hear from you. I feel like this is the part of the race where, you know, it feels like we're past the finish line. We talked about building awareness. We talked about building credibility. We talked about getting past the, the hurdle of the sale. We're done, right? We we don't have anything else to talk about. Let's just make it up. (laughs) Finish lines, hurdles, man. I'm ready to do an extra lap. Well, well, what happens after you finish the sale? We gotta. We still want to keep the relationship going with our customers, right? Doesn't matter. Oh man, e-commerce or or or, you know any sort of business, you want to keep the romance alive. Oh man, after the sale, that's when the fun begins. Um, That's when the client is really experiencing our product. So, talk to me about how you build a relationship and what you need to be building for your customers on the content side? Yeah, sure. So this is when you start getting into that customer lifecycle journey. So if you're a SaaS company, which we are, we're thinking about onboarding, we're thinking about 
making sure that first impressions, you know, you can also, you can argue that first impression happened at the awareness stage, but um, we're thinking that first impression with that product and how they take it out of the box, figuratively speaking, in some cases, what that experience looks like. So um, we want to make sure that they have a clear understanding of how to get the most value out of what they've just purchased. And so um, I would say that's the first step in continuing our content strategy post-purchase is making sure that they have the information available to them to really solve the problem. So I'm starting to think about some of these how-to videos or how-to um, pieces of content, the step-by-step guides, comprehensive guides that you see uh, some of the more progressive organizations creating post-sale. To me, this is about documentation. Right, like this is okay. Great, you've decided to purchase a product or service. We've documented ways that you can get the most out of it, so you're not going to have as many touches as you might if we just left you alone. That end up in customer services lap, that end up back in sales, that end up on your CEO's desk with an angry customer not understanding how to use your product. Yeah, that's right. There, there's some documentation. There's the traditional user guides. And as I mentioned before, um, comprehensive guides, these kind of robust pieces that may even come to play in some cases earlier in the funnel. Sometimes you have very technical or detail-oriented folks that are have pretty significant information around what they're looking to solve for. And they're looking for specific details about your solution and how to use it earlier on in that process. So as I mentioned before, that journey isn't necessarily linear. Maybe you have individuals that have prior experiences with other solutions and products that they're looking to these types of guides to help answer for them and uncover potential challenges they may have. But then there's other types of content too that play a role in the retention um, in post-sale stages. So help me understand, you know, first off, how do you figure out what content to create to keep a healthy relationship with your existing customers? I think it's still important for us to do some of those things we did earlier on, right? So again, I mentioned in our first uh, conversation earlier this week that um, that keyword research is still pretty important, right? I mentioned before that it was important in the consideration stage that we separate the branded content from the non-branded content. At this stage, we're looking at the question modifiers that I mentioned before, the who, what, why, when, <laughs> you know, when should I uh, consider doing X with this product? For example, we start taking those branded terms that are related to our company or our solutions and products, and we start identifying the questions that are searched the most for that. So I would start there to give me some guidance in terms of the content and the questions that have uh, the most demand for our customer base. So that's where I would start. And again, I mentioned in our uh, second conversation is that we should also be thinking about leveraging our internal teams, the folks that are having conversations with our customers, our clients, the customer success reps that are uh, getting these questions so that they don't necessarily need to pick up the phone and have those questions answered. They're able to have a very easy, easy access to, you know, to, to the information that they may be seeking when they purchase our product or solution. The interesting thing to me about this type of content is not only, you know, how do you understand what to write, but how are you harvesting your organization for some of the pain points customers have had so you can help answer those questions in advance, but also where does it live and what's the experience? This is where you get into how are you building and monitoring communities, right? Do you have special onboarding section? You got to get a little creative in terms of how you're getting this content 
to your customers so they don't end up in, like I mentioned, your customer service, your sales, or your CEO's lap. Um, talk to me a little bit about the format of content that you see being useful when you're going through your retention type content. Yeah, sure. So the way I typically think about it is there is public facing content. So again, if we if we find that there is significant demand and questions being asked that are related to our brand and products, I believe that content should be open to the public. It should be indexed by Google and searchable. And you bring up a good point around these community forums. What we've seen with some organizations and one particular technology company comes to mind, they have great community forums that are behind, you know, within a client portal, right? It allows individuals to be able to speak a little bit more openly about some of the problems they're having and uh, challenges they could be facing, not necessarily with our product, um, but just in uh, the task that they're looking to accomplish. So, you know, when I think about this, I'm thinking about, you know, it applies to both B2B and B2C, but folks that are kind of super users of a technology or folks that are are key users of a product and fall within a specific lifestyle. So athletes, runners that may have uh, benefit from leveraging the insights from their community. And I believe through that community engagement, if it lives within your site, then you become the moderator for that. You become sort of the ambassador for that community as well. Yeah, I think building a community is an interesting idea here. Not only does it solve multiple places, it gives your customers a place where they can interact with your customers in a place that they're creating valuable content, allows you to continue to build their experience. But it also allows them to answer other leads questions. You know, When we talk about community and building the relationships with your customers, this reminds me of something that we talked about yesterday um, in our last episode where we're talking about getting reviews and you know building those relationships and getting your customers feedback. Um, talk to me a little bit about some of the ways that you've advised people that are interested in developing more content to get the most out of their customer relationships. Sure. So we mentioned kind of harvesting information from our kind of internal teams is still very important, whether it's through our communities, if we have the resources to build that up, or whether it's through individual touch points to really surface insights from our customers. That's one of the places I go to is if we have the benefit of having a community forum, it it allows us to touch our customers to get information to them and to receive information from them based off of what they're discussing in those forums and then to have a more one-to-one relationship with those individuals to cultivate new content. The other thing I'd say is that there was a point in time, I believe about eight years ago, when a lot of marketers wanted to gravitate away from direct marketing and email marketing. Well, I still very much believe that this is still a very relevant channel. And so when we talked about really identifying some of those challenges, whether it be through our search data to determine what questions folks are asking related to our products and brand, or whether it be through our community forums or our internal teams that have direct relationship with customers and answering those customers, we need to be aggregating that information and distributing it out to our existing client base. So email newsletters is another great channel for us to distribute that information to our existing customers because if if we're identifying the common pains, then we can be pretty sure that the rest of our customers can benefit from hearing how they could be addressing challenges that they may be having or that they may face in the future. Yeah, I think you're talking about a distribution lever for sending your content out, which is absolutely something that's applicable 
across the entire funnel. To me, when we're thinking about what the content SEOs need to create to maximize the value of the post-purchase relationship, the onboarding process, making sure that people are happy, making sure that you're building good customer relationships, showing people that you're going to take care of them after they've made the purchase is something that's going to help you with your pre-purchase conversions. Building a community, cultivating user-generated content, harvesting your existing customer relationships to get your testimonials, all things that feed back into the front end of your marketing funnel. And then you know, using email, as you mentioned, as a distribution lever to get that content out there to make sure that it's well-trafficked, you know, mostly like driving engagement to your forums by emailing people links and questions that's going to get them to create more content to give you more testimonials. So there's a lot of value there. Um, so we talked about you know, creating forums. We talked about your onboarding content. What are some of the other formats or topics of content that you recommend SEOs and content marketers produce to make sure they build healthy customer relationships? Um, you brought up a good point before, and we typically think about this funnel as sort of this uh, uh, one way in, one way out approach. But uh, if we look at this type of content as a cycle, right? So this retention type of content can cycle back towards the front end of that process. Mm-hmm. So you know, I think it's important that we don't lose sight of that. I don't think that this type of content should be significantly different than the type of content that we're looking to create in the earlier stages of the funnel. Um, because if we're effectively onboarding, we're engaging, we're helping them use our product technology, and we're showing that we're there for them, at some point, they're going to be looking to make another purchase. Now, whether that's a cross-sell or whether that's, um, you know, this product has reached its expiration date, and they're looking to make another purchase, we should be effectively teaching them in a similar fashion as we have before. So when I'm thinking about different types and topics, the types aren't significantly different because again, we're talking about the same buyers. We're talking about some of the same solutions, but we should think about the type of content that we create or at least the topics that align with individuals that have, you know, used our product. And we need to understand in some form of capacity, the experience that they may have had in using that product and how they can enhance that experience the second go around. What I'm hearing is you should always be selling, right? You have a customer, you're more likely to get a repeat buyer or a higher value of a customer if they already have a relationship with you. So even though somebody is post-purchase, keep your foot on the gas, right? You can continue to upsell, offer more value, create more content that's going to have them deepen their relationship. And you know that provides more value to the organization. So building out the product pages for people that are already your customers, right? Special experiences, you know, replicating some of the things that are already on your website, but under the guise that it is for a specific person that is of high value also has value to you. Yep, that's right. I'll always be selling, always be closing the Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross approach to content marketing. Put that coffee down. Coffee is for closers. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> okay. On that note, uh, I think we, we've covered enough about how to uh, use your post-purchase content to both drive people back into your marketing funnel, how to cultivate your existing customer relationships to create more value, to build more credibility with your leads, and also to continue to sell 
and make those relationships more valuable. And on that note, that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Marlon Glover, Search Metrics' content services team lead. We'd love to continue the conversation with you. So if you're interested in contacting Marlon, you can find a link to his bio in our show notes, or you can contact him on Twitter where his handle is Marlon underscore Glover. Time for a one minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help, and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. If you have general marketing questions or if you want to talk about this podcast, you can find my contact information in our show notes or you can tweet me at Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you like this podcast and you want a regular stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow to discuss optimizing your brand building and navigational content. Lastly, if you've enjoyed this podcast and you're feeling generous, we'd love for you to leave us a review in the iTunes store or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Okay, that's it for today. But until next time, remember, the answers are always in the data.